Welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 103. Today, we're going to be talking about why Jesus said, Therefore, you shall be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey, welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening I hope you enjoy today's message, and if you think of someone who might appreciate it, please be sure to share it with them. Our topic today is a question. Why did Jesus say, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect? I get a lot of questions about this particular saying of Jesus. It's one of those quotes that gets used in the wrong way and sometimes leads to creating more problems than it solves. It's from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 48. Jesus says, Therefore you shall be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Some people, because of this verse, put a lot of pressure on themselves. They become perfectionists. And there are some legalistic churches that expect their members to always be perfect in everything they do. But this perfectionist attitude is, quite frankly, not very healthy. It causes people to live a life of appearances, so other people will think they're doing everything right. Then, in turn, they see others putting on the outward show of doing everything right, and then they think they're failing because. They're just putting on a show, and it's a vicious circle. It causes a lot of unhealthy comparisons. It's so easy to think that someone else has their act together and that what you're doing is just not good enough because you're not perfect in everything you do. But is that what Jesus was talking about when he told us to be perfect, this sort of human effort at perfectionism? We have set this amazingly high standard for human behavior when we try to be humanly perfect in everything we do. And as I said, it causes a lot of problems emotionally when we don't achieve that perfection. And just in case you hadn't noticed, human perfection just doesn't happen all the time, even if you're working at it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't strive for excellence in what we do, but when you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up because you didn't do it perfectly. Learn from your mistakes. They are opportunities to learn things that you might not have learned otherwise. 
Now, some folks kind of go in the opposite direction and make little or no effort to strive for excellence. And one of the popular sayings these days by a lot of successful people is, quit trying to be perfect, strive for excellence, and just do the best you can. Well, I think there's a lot of value in that advice to a large degree. I know some people who actually never start a project because they worry so much about wanting it to be perfect. So why do we feel the need to be perfect or do something perfectly? I think there's something innate in us, in the way God created us in his image and likeness, that impels us to want to reflect God's glory and perfection in everything we do. And that's a righteous desire. But sometimes we think we have to make it happen instead of trusting God, and we get in there with our human will and our pride and our ego, thinking we're the ones that are going to make ourselves perfect. And that's when this human perfectionism takes over, and we put an undue burden on ourselves. So, what causes us to be perfectionists? Sometimes it's pride. It could be insecurity. We want to be noticed and appreciated by others. We just want to be accepted and valued. And there are so many other reasons. So, let's dig down into this verse from Matthew and see what we can learn from Jesus' words. Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. First, let's look at the original meaning of the word perfect, which in Greek is teleos. It means, this is from Strong's Concordance, brought to its end, finished, wanting or lacking, nothing necessary to completeness, perfect, that which is perfect. Basically, it means to be complete, which in English, means to be filled all the way. It's kind of the same thing, completely full. One Bible commentator says that teleos also has the connotation of meaning appropriate for a task or function, a shoe that fits, the right size and type of tool for a particular job. So you can breathe a little sigh of relief. To be perfect means to be complete. That doesn't seem so demanding as this extreme perfectionism that we impose upon ourselves. But remember, Jesus says we are to be perfect as God is perfect, as complete as God is complete. That does get us back to a pretty high standard. Now, let's look at the verb tense in Matthew 5:48. The verb be in this verse is in the future indicative tense and in the second person plural. The indicative tense indicates that something is a fact. The future tense means it will be true in the future. It's not just a possibility, but something that will actually happen or take place or be. Second person plural means Jesus was not just talking to one person, but to all of his listeners, and that includes you and me today. Jesus is actually saying that our completeness, our perfection, is a fact that will become clear to us in the future. It's not just a future possibility, it's a fact. 
But Jesus is not talking about human perfectionism. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, James, how do you know that? Doesn't Jesus want us to do everything perfectly? Okay, you're right. I don't know exactly what Jesus was thinking, but look at how he interacted with his disciples. He had no illusions that they wouldn't make mistakes. He knew Judas would betray him. He knew Peter would deny him three times. But that didn't stop Jesus from nurturing and ministering to them. He saw the shortcomings of all his disciples, but he saw past those shortcomings to their full potential. Jesus knew they could still do so much good in spite of their flaws. Unfortunately, Judas couldn't bear what he had done and committed suicide. But Peter was able to move past his mistakes and ended up preaching the gospel successfully for years. How does this apply to you and me? Well, think of all the people in the Bible who carried out God's purpose. Most of them had some pretty serious character flaws, some more than others. But they weren't humanly perfect. But guess what? God used them anyway. So right now, just quit trying to be humanly perfect. All that effort on your part at perfectionism is really self-will and egotism disguised as trying to do what's right. The key here is that when you try to be perfect through human willpower, you'll never achieve perfection. It's sort of like Paul, when he was Saul the Pharisee, obeying all the Jewish laws perfectly. He refers to himself, this is in Philippians 3, 6, as to the righteousness which is in the law. He said he was found blameless. He had obeyed all the laws perfectly. But did all that effort at perfect obedience to the law actually make him perfect? make him holy and righteous? He probably felt so at the time, but later he could look back and realize it was all worthless. It was just human willpower. Jesus actually called out this attitude of the Pharisees in Matthew 23. All of chapter 23 is full of Jesus calling out the Pharisees, but I'll just read a few verses, 24, 25, and 28. Jesus calls the Pharisees blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The Pharisees were striving for perfection in obeying the Jewish law. They had a serious perfectionist attitude. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to always obey the law of God, but Jesus disapproved of their outward appearance of obedience when their hearts weren't really obedient. Now, let's come back to this verse in Matthew 5.48 and look at the context. In the verses just before, Jesus says we are to be perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. He says, this is starting verse 43 and goes all the way through 48. 
You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. This little section of the Sermon on the Mount is talking about how we love, especially how we love our enemies. Jesus is telling us that we can and will love our enemies as perfectly and completely as God does. This is actually a promise, not just of what is possible, but of what is inevitable. The word for love here in Greek is agape. It means a deep, spiritual, unconditional love. We are to love our enemies with this unconditional love, just as God loves the righteous and the unrighteous unconditionally. And by the way, there are many different words in Greek to convey different kinds of love. Jesus is not telling us to love our enemies the way we love our family or friends or the love you have for your spouse. We are to love them the way God loves them. That's what agape is all about. When we do this, our love is perfect. It's complete. When you get to the point that you can love your enemies this way, you are walking side by side with Christ. So let's take a minute right here. Is there anyone in your life who seems like an enemy? Is there anyone who has cursed you, hates you, has taken advantage of you or persecuted you? Hopefully not, but sometimes these things do happen. Maybe there's no one you know who feels this way toward you. But what about someone who doesn't know you, but is strongly opposed to and hateful towards your religious views, your political and social values? Can you say with complete honesty that you love these people? It is certainly a goal to work toward, especially in today's climate of political and religious polarization and divisiveness. Let's come back one more time to this promise of Jesus that we shall be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect and dig a little deeper. What if Jesus is saying that we are to be perfect just as God is perfect and not just in regard to the way we love people? Jesus summed up his purpose this way. He was talking to Pontius Pilate. This is John 18:37. For this cause I was born And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. So what does that have to do with being perfect? Well, what was the truth Jesus came to bear witness to? The more I study the Gospels, the more I am convinced it was the great truth he proclaimed 
from the very beginning of and throughout his ministry, this is in Matthew 4, 17, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The truth Jesus bore witness to was the fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I talk a lot about this on the Bible Speaks to You podcast. It is so important for us to catch the spirit of what Jesus is telling us. Jesus could see that the kingdom of heaven is present, even though it was invisible to the five material senses. He could see it with his spiritual vision. In this kingdom of heaven, which is always present, even if we can't see it, Everything is truly and completely perfect in every way. Jesus knew this. For example, when a sick person asked him for healing, Jesus knew that in the kingdom of heaven there could be no sickness. He could see that person's perfection or completeness in heaven right at that moment and not just as something way off in the future. He saw this so clearly that the sickness just dissolved, the same way darkness disappears when you turn on a light switch in a dark room. This is the way Jesus looked at people. When the Pharisees saw a hopeless multitude of sinners, Jesus saw those same people as the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Jesus bore witness to what was true about someone in the kingdom of heaven. When he tells us we shall be perfect, he actually ties our perfection to God's perfection. Our perfection doesn't come because of anything we do or human effort we make. Our perfection can only come as a result and consequence of God's perfection. Jesus saw people as God had originally made them, in the image and likeness of God. That's from Genesis 1, verse 26. He was bearing witness to the truth of how God originally made us in his image and likeness. Here again is the truth Jesus was bearing witness to, that we are made in the image and likeness of God. This is what brought healing to the sick, sight to the blind, feet to the lame, and redeemed the sinner. So when Jesus says we are to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, He's referring to the fact that we are perfect in the kingdom of heaven, which is at hand. And he's referring to the fact that we are made in the image and likeness of God, which is perfect and complete. Now, let me reemphasize, Jesus is not talking about human perfection or human perfectionism. He's talking about spiritual perfection in the kingdom of heaven. He explains that we will come to understand and experience this perfection in what we call the future, but it's already true right now because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So please quit trying with your human will and ego to be perfect. Even if you achieve what you consider to be perfection in this way, it is never going to satisfy your spiritual needs. You cannot make yourself perfect. God already did. Think of a beautiful flower. It doesn't try to be perfect. It doesn't do anything to make itself perfect. It just reflects God's glory. Jesus wants us to bear witness, just as he did, to our present spiritual perfection in the kingdom of heaven, 
the more we can see ourselves in this light of what is already true in heaven, the more it will appear here on earth. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Several years ago, my legs started to swell up and and I was in a lot of pain. It was hard to walk around. It was hard to sit still. It was especially hard to walk up and down the stairs. And the more I prayed about it, the more I realized that I needed to see myself the way that God saw me. So I started thinking about what it meant to be made in the image and likeness of God. I knew that the swelling and the pain weren't part of who God made me originally to be as his image and likeness. So I just focused my prayers on that desire to know and experience what that meant that I was made in the image and likeness of God. One morning, I got up early. I was in more pain than I had been in for quite a while. And I just turned to God with all my heart. And I had this epiphany. I realized that in the kingdom of heaven, there is no pain. There was no swelling. There was no inability. And I, I really got a sense of that being true. Even though I was still in a lot of pain and my leg was still swollen, I felt a sense of peace. I felt a sense of freedom. It was a completely spiritual experience. But I knew that something had shifted in me within a very short time, maybe that day or the next. The swelling went down. The pain was gone. I could move freely. I was so grateful, not only for the healing, but even more for the spiritual insights I got into who I was as God's image and likeness and what that meant and the effect that had in my life. Right now, you can bear witness to your spiritual perfection in the kingdom of heaven. Every time you pray the Lord's Prayer for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, you are actually praying to see more of this perfection that's already true in heaven here and now in your life. Thank you so much for being with me today and listening to this episode. I'm so grateful that you tuned in today. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the contact tab. Fill out the little form and I'll be in touch. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, please subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com and click on the subscribe tab up in the menu bar. Fill out your name and email and you're all set. You'll get an email each week and you'll never miss an episode. When you subscribe, you'll be able to download a prayer guide called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. It's my way of saying thanks for signing up for the podcast. As always, in the show notes for today's episode, I'll have all the Bible references I quoted today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 103. This is episode 103. That's it for today. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here and listening. I truly, truly appreciate it. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time.
God bless. <laughs>